1: Hey guys, how you all doing? Oh, it's another lovely Wednesday. Do you like how I just got something? I was like, how y'all doing? I did notice that a little bit. Just a touch. what are you going to do? We have got a great show for you today. First, we are talking to educational consultant, Dr. Natasha Crandall. And she's going to make you feel a lot better about sitting your kids in front of the TV while you take a moment to take a shit or bathe yourself. I was going to say, spoiler alert, she'll make you feel
2: better. So that's good. Yeah. And then we're doing a What's the Deal with Peppa Pig. You know, it's so funny because Ashley and I thought maybe we did this before, but I think we just have talked about it so much that, that we thought we did it. I
1: googled it to see if we did it. I looked through all our past episodes. So unless I really missed it. Yeah, and if I did, hey guys, you're welcome to our content twice. But as always, we have hashtag swag bag, but up next. Hey, kid, take it away. Okay, gang shit. I'm gonna go first today. Okay, so last night, a little bit of backstory. I have hurt my back. My back has been having some issues. It started to get better. It got worse one day when I coughed. Literally, I coughed, and that was it. I had to stand over the sink and wash my face, and he was holding my waist up like one of those dogs <laughs> that has like a dog wheelchair, but still needs to take a shit. That was <laughs> that was my life. What a visual um, that was. I have never felt so pathetic in my entire life, and I cry a lot. As I say, and you- You've had a couple feelings of being pathetic, so. I know, I know. So anyway, so I made a doctor's appointment. They fit me in last minute for an eight o'clock appointment and I'm sitting in the waiting room and all of a sudden get a phone call from my mom and she goes, you know when you're on a phone call and then somebody goes to FaceTime you and it's like ringing on top of it? Yeah. So she, that starts happening. She goes, pick up the phone. I want to see your face when I say this. And I was like, I'm in a waiting room for the doctor. I cannot do this. And she's like, well, I just was talking to my psychic and she says you're pregnant with a girl and I was like god damn it was literally my response in the middle of the doctor's waiting room at like 8 30 8 45 p.m. I go god damn it and she's like I'm so excited are you pregnant and I was like is that what you think is happening here do you think I have been complaining about my back and I am at a doctor's appointment right now because I need to see if I'm pregnant no no also
2: listeners of the podcast should remember that on all the episodes where we've had a psychic, every single one, and we've had a few, all of them had said that Ashley is going to have another baby and And it's it's going to be a girl and her name is Mary Maria. No, not that
1: her name is Mary Maria, but like somebody is always trying to come through named Mary Maria. So you and I have just started calling my unborn daughter Mary Maria.
2: This is like a reoccurring thing. Like it
1: happens all the time.
2: I think that somebody in your family, a ghost in your family is just trying to play a trick on you and is like whispering information to the psychic being like, this will really fucking freak her Yo, out. Let's tell her she's pregnant. Whoever
1: again. it is, it must be my grandmother. And I just know if it is her, she's doing her big witch laugh. She does sometimes ah! because it's not funny. It's not <laughs> funny. It's not funny. So anyway, so I'm sitting in the waiting room. My mom's like, do you think it's a possibility? And I was like, well, I had my period like two or three weeks ago, but I didn't really keep track. And I was like, listen, that would be that would really be an accident, like a big accident. My my dad says, and and I just want you to know that I can... Dad, I know you're listening. I could hear the joy in your atmosphere when you said well, you were an accident too. (laughs) I could hear the smile. You know when you can hear the smile? I could hear it. And I said, listen, I don't want to get into the mechanics, but it would really be an accident, okay? I just don't even know how it would be possible. So I'm like, I gotta go, because I'm like starting to panic here. And I'm sitting in the waiting room. I start texting Matt, and I'm like, they said that I might be pregnant with a girl. And Matt's like, you just gave me a heart attack. I'm like, how do you think I feel? They're gonna ask me the first day of my last period. I don't even know what to tell them. And I said, "I I just had my period, right? And I, we're like going back and forth, and he's upset, and I'm upset. I can't figure out when I had my period last. Then I go into the doctor's office. They, you know, they weigh me, which let's we won't even get into how upsetting that part was. At this point, it's like 9 p.m., which is the other thing. I literally said to the nurse, "Are all of you on cocaine? How are you working <laughs> so late?" Because I don't want to be here, and I can only imagine you don't want to be that here. That definitely seemed like a back alley time when you told me. I was like 9 p.m. What? The-? They're there till 11 p.m. I mean, this is a nice office this is a nice <laughs>
2: this is not some bad place it's a nice place
1: She starts laughing and she goes, okay, when's the first day of your last period? And I was like, oh God, you couldn't have worse timing. And then I explained to the nurse how my mom's psychic just told her while I was in the waiting room that I am pregnant. But I know that I had my period two or three weeks ago. She just starts laughing and kind of just walks away.
2: I mean, I think I could give you the date of your last period. I think I remember. What was
1: it? Because it was a few days before mine. Hold on. Oh my God, please give it to me. Hold on, continue to tell the story. I got to look on my calendar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish I had known this last. Okay, so then the doctor comes in and, you know, I start talking to her about my back and all these other things and I say... So you had yours on, like, August 9th or 10th? Oh, oh wait, I'm looking
2: at September. This is riveting content where you guys get to know our cycles. 9th or 10th? Because I got mine on the 20th. I got mine a week after you. Okay, so,
1: no, I wasn't upstate when I had my period, I don't think. Well, I'm just
2: saying it's sometime...
1: In that period? Yeah. All right. I'm not well, saying it
2: was the 9th or the 10th. I'm saying I got it a week after you, so I got mine on the 20th.
1: Hmm. Okay. So anyway, I'm mean, i not
2: that much of a creeper. I like wrote down your exact day. You told me you got your period.
1: Normally I would be like, that's terrifying. But right now I'd be like, God, thank (laughs) God you are so weird. So I then tell my doctor who was also Cuban, you know, like Americanized white Cuban like I am. Hey, my mom just got told while I was in the waiting room by her psychic that I'm pregnant. And she goes, well, you know, they know these things. And I was like, God damn it. (laughs) She starts asking me about the first day of my last period. Like, it is just a comedy of errors. Then she's telling me she doesn't like that I had the J&J vaccine. I leave. I'm in the car. My mom is like basically like jumping up and down on the bed. You can hear the joy in her atmosphere as well. And I.
2: You might have had it on the seventh because that's the last time we talked We had the interview, the Paw Patrol
1: interview. Okay. All right. Maybe. And I just lost it and started having a full blown panic attack while I was driving home crying and she was like what I was like listen if this happens if this is the case like I can't fight it it was meant to be it is what it is but I don't want to bring a baby into this world I can't believe I already did this to one fucking person I, now I have to do this to somebody else too literally last episode you said people stop
2: having babies
1: yes like so you can imagine the panic I had I was like I'm bringing another kid in whose future will be wildfires and earthquakes and fucking anti-vaxxers like what the fuck dude so I start crying my mom is talking to me it I come home Matt's pissed off that I might be like it was just bad and then finally you know you said maybe she's wrong and I was like oh I like that that didn't even occur to you right away I mean it did like I kept saying oh she's wrong she's wrong she's wrong but like to finally have somebody else in my orbit say like she's probably wrong so logically and so like matter of factly was just a Breath of fresh air. That's my shits. Uh, stay tuned because if my period is on the 10th, like Carrie wrote down in her calendar. We'll find out I mean my boobs Are doing the thing You know the tender Hurty thing That I, always happens Before I get my period I'm getting my neck pimples I always get you know So but also Those things could all be I don't know We'll see I feel really fat Anything is possible Let me
2: just tell you We are just For the sake of Good television guys We thought I had A brain tumor We <laughs> waited a long time To figure out What that was revealed And now Who will know It's period watch 2021 Will
1: Ashley be pregnant With Mary Maria It's like Where in the world Is Mary Matt Lauer except it's where in the world is Ashley's period and also everyone hates Matt Lauer Yeah. also I'm talking like pre we found out Matt Lauer had a button under his door to lock in interns you know right? honestly you know my tits what are my tits? they're sore you just told me they were sore very sore very tender my tits are that oh this is what it is I had a thought earlier today okay so I am going away next week for my best friend Zach that I talk about he's a photographer He's having this very big exhibit in Provincetown. Matt and I are going and supporting and we're, you know, taking some time to ourselves. Sebastian isn't going to be there. And I am so excited thinking about wardrobe and like what I'm going to wear. And then I keep remembering that most of my shit doesn't fit me. So if you guys ever wanted to hear a mental breakdown live, that's mom trash. One of us is having a psychotic break live on air. (laughs) It's all about the ratings You Do not even listen to our show anymore? That's what I need to know. I don't
2: even know. Okay, so my tits are that Luna kind of had her first day of school today. I thought it was supposed to be next week, but turned out it was today. I just thought it was supposed to be like an orientation, but it was. It ended up being like just like a very short first day. You know, I said to my therapist earlier today, it's better when I don't know a lot of information. The more information I know, the more freaked out and weirded out I get. So, In true Carrie fashion, I only read the literature like a little bit, <laughs> which is probably better because Luna didn't have any tears. I didn't have any tears. We we're just like, oh, okay, so let oh, Cool. All right, bye. I was like, oh, I get to go to Target by myself for an hour and a half. But Luna goes in, she doesn't cry. She goes in and I she walks in and they have like the door open because they're like checking temperatures and everything, and the parents are, you know, whatever. And I hear her walk in and just announce loudly, Hi, I am Luna Mars. Do you know about the magic of lying? <laughs> and she had asked me, because I guess you know she's we've been watching a lot of shows that had back to school on it and she has a book on it and you know they talk about show and tell and so she's like do you think we're gonna have show and tell and i'm like probably not the first day like i know i didn't read the literature but i don't believe they told you to bring a show and tell item and she goes mommy can i bring my cd of the lion king and i'm like first of all no one is gonna know what a cd is no one's gonna know how to play it's it obsolete technology the only reason why i have this still have this cd is because i have an old hoopty car that has a cd player and the only cd that i have is lion king i just love that my kid like in therapy i was talking about how you know we just did a show show on the signs that what a psychologist thinks you should worry about with your kid and what you you shouldn't. I had suggested, or I had said, not suggested, that, you know, there were so many signs when I was a kid, like red flags everywhere that I had an anxiety disorder, just like everywhere. And whenever I used to leave my parents, I would worry about them and I would get really upset like that I was not with them and like, what were they doing and were they okay? It was really bad. Not, I really feel like I'm doing a great job raising Luna. And I talked to my therapist about it because she was like, bye. it's <laughs> was like, no, what are you going to do? Where's my mommy? She came. Home, I picked her up and she goes, Hey, you're back. And I was like, Yeah. And I go, Do you want to talk about school? She's like, No. And I'm like, Okay, let's go.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. Just wait till one day when she has her own podcast and has a mental break for all the world to hear. If I they know. Want.
2: So that's my tits. Uh, my shits are, I don't even know. Should I not have shits? I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I had enough shits for the both of us. I mean, us. my shits are that I've been having weird shits lately and I don't know what it is. They're like both constipated and it feels like I have to shit all the time so that's weird so that's my shit. is real shit that's great I have yeah. not shit today which could also mean I'm about to get my period or you're pregnant and your baby's eating all your poop anyway oh god guys just to remind you we have a phone number
1: 201-677-2428 call us talk about whatever you want coming up next dr. Natasha Crandall Today's guest is a PhD, mom of two on her school board, a Girl Scout troop leader, town manager, a girls lacrosse coach, and somehow still finds the time to run her business, Crandall Consulting, that helps develop programming that improves children's entertainment and has worked on shows you and your kids absolutely know and love like Sesame Street, Bubble Guppies, and The Octonauts. Please welcome Dr. Natasha Crandall. Hi, Dr. Crandall. Hi, how are you guys? Hi. That intro reminds me of something my grandmother used to say, like when
2: I would be exercising and she'd just be sitting there, she'd be like, just watching you exhaust me. Hearing that, I was like, oh my
1: gosh, how does this woman look so
2: put together? I'm exhausted just listening to all the stuff she does.
1: All right, Dr. Crandall. So there's plenty of people out there that are probably wondering, give us the rundown of what it is you do exactly.
0: Of course. You know, it's funny because I get this question even for people in the industry. Like, what is it that you do?
1: (laughs) I mean, I feel like we're in the industry. I have a, a background in television production. And I didn't know that a position like yours
0: existed. I'm glad it does. It makes me feel better, actually. Yeah. yeah, it should. Because in children's media, 98% of the time, especially for preschool, there's an educational consultant as part of the show that works towards ensuring that what your children see and hear on screen is not harmful and it's actually good for them. So that's where my role really is. I have four different components of what I do. One of the things I do is write a curriculum for a preschool show. So that is where someone will come to me and say, hey, I've got this great show idea. Here's the pitch Bible, which contains all the characters, what the show is about, some storylines. And then I'll look at that and say, wow, this is great. I think this is what it's really teaching. This is what's coming to the surface for me in terms of child development and what children need at that age group. So then we'll have this discussion and then I'll write up a curriculum for them. It's a little bit different than what a teacher would do in terms of curriculum because they're teaching specific things to children. They have to follow certain mandates by their state and then figure out how to quantify those in order to grade them at the end of it. Mine is kind of like, here's a goal that we want children to get from this show. And then here's how this show can meet those needs. So I'll give them examples. I'll give them steps. Like if it's something like, you know, teamwork and problem solving, I might say that they need to fail alone and only work together really well when they're a team that will promote the teamwork aspect. I might say that they have to follow the problem solving strategies like questioning and brainstorming and coming up with things and trying things out and then trying another thing until they succeed. So it kind of lays out whatever that curriculum is in a document that writers then use to write outlines and then their scripts so that's the first part of what I do the second part is under this big umbrella that I call educational consultation that's really whatever little things they need me to do maybe it's conversations with them maybe it's clarification about something child development related but typically it's where I read outlines and drafts of episodes and then I'll make notes in there as to where the education can come through maybe I'm tweaking lines making suggestions for line changes where the language could be used a little differently to support the curriculum. Maybe I'm flagging something like, you know, they can't slide headfirst down a slide because of poor modeling. So we can't do that. So I might make suggestions of what we can do differently and through scripts. I'll also look at an animatic for those people don't know those black and white drawings that are set to the actual audio and music. And we kind of watch the pacing to see if there's any parts that I feel like are going to be too quick for a preschooler or too slow that it doesn't really hold their attention. So that's the second thing I do is educational consultation. The third thing I do is diversity consultation. This is something I've been doing for years and years, but I never really branded myself as a diversity consultant, most likely because nobody was really asking for it until the whole George Floyd murder. Uh, last year. After that, people started recognizing in media in all age ranges that we need to do a better job of who we're putting in front of the screen, who we're putting behind the screen, and how we're depicting these cultures. So with my name, Natasha Crandall, it really speaks like Natasha sounds Russian and Crandall is an English name, but I'm actually 100% Pakistani, which people are always floored at when they meet me because I don't have an accent. I'm very American. I was born and raised in America. I am an American, yet I'm a Pakistani. So I've been trying to bring forth that into scripts that have Muslim characters and speak to that character in particular. But then I also keep an eye on other cultures. And if there's something that doesn't feel right, it usually means something's not quite right. So I might pull in another consultant from a different cultural background to give us a little insight into that moment as how we can really do it authentically and beautifully for that culture. Um, And then the last thing I do is formative research, where I will take a TV show out to a preschool before COVID, after COVID. I do it online uh, on Zoom sessions, and I'll show kids the full episode, or I'll read them a storybook of the episode, and then I ask them questions and interview them to see what they think. Oh, that must be fun. It's really fun. I mean, I get into the minds of the kids there, and even though I think I know what they're going to say, I'm always learning something from them that I wouldn't expect. And they give us great insight. They hate it. They're going to say... I don't like this. And that's exactly what you need as a researcher. You need someone to say, I hate it if they hate it. And so you get those from kids.
2: So first of all, as two moms who have their kids watch a lot of television, I'm going to say you are doing God's work. Thank you. Makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, I've just noticed my kid, I was having a panic attack and she told me to take a deep breath and count (laughs) to four. I was like, wow, maybe I should pay you the $120 a week that I've been paying my therapist. So what makes you uniquely qualified for this? And how did this journey start for you? I
0: think what makes, qualified is that I have this background in school psychology. I have my doctorate in school psychology, which is kind of like the blend of psychology and education. It's really suited me perfectly for this role because I'm thinking psychological terms as well as education terms into what's best for the child. So I'm using that child development background as well as how to educate kids and combining those two. So the school psychology degree fits perfectly for this role, but the journey was not at all where I expected. I mean, when I went to college, I was planning on being a doctor and so i I was really interested in psychology i became a psych undergrad planned on doing being a therapist and i was really excited about that i got this job as a hotline counselor for an addictions therapy place so i was doing all these drug calls and talking people down from their bad lsd trips and all this stuff and i was like i love this i love this stuff so i was like i'm gonna get my master's in that because with a you know undergrad in psych you can't do that much so i went straight from that to get my master's in in rehab counseling, focusing on addictions. And then I worked in addictions as a group therapist at Johns Hopkins Hospital in their outpatient clinic and their inpatient clinic and did all this group therapy, which I absolutely loved, but it was exhausting. I mean, it just takes this toll on you. And then I just took the next job that came to me because I was like getting married in between of all, all of this, like getting married. Oh, lost my job. Getting married next week. It was craziness. And I took the next job, which was as a neuropsychometrician, which I could barely say. Like, I don't even know what that is know either. I was like, I'm applying to be a neuropsychometrician. I don't even know how to say that word. Sounds like you're calling yourself a magician (laughs) of neurons. It was basically a job where I worked for a neuropsychologist and did these basically paper and pencil tests with people to test their memories. So we would do it pre-test and post-test after a surgery to see if their brain functioning was working. We did it with patients like Alzheimer's patients to see if there was a decline over time. What a specific job. Very specific. And I was basically, in this clinic at Johns Hopkins Hospital, doing this testing, I didn't love what I did, but I loved my boss, Dr. Sellis, was like the best boss I ever had. But I didn't necessarily wanted to go back into addictions therapy because it was just exhausting. So I decided to go back to grad school with the intent of helping adolescents and trying to intervene their substance use in adolescence before they got to the point where I was seeing these adults. So I went back for my doctorate in school psychology and. Went was 100% focused on addictions. I ran addictions groups for teenage boys in the Bronx. But it just happened to be that one summer, I was just working on my dissertation, didn't have any classes. And my advisor sent out this email saying an old student needed a research assistant. And I was like, research assistant for children's television. I was like, well, that's weird. I mean, people like me could work in children's television. That's I might as well talk to this person. So I talked to her. And then all of a sudden, she said, look, there's an opening for this show. We need a researcher. And and I'd love for you to work with me. And the show's called The Wonder Pets.
1: Oh, I remember Wonder Pets. Yeah. That little duck was like the cutest thing in the entire world. So cute, right?
0: Yes. Songs were cute. I mean, the whole concept of it was really beautiful. Yeah. I didn't even know that I wanted to do that. I was like, well, I'm going to be a drug therapist for adolescents. Like what, what is this? This was just a side gig. You know, I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do at that point. But this door was opening. I applied and I got the job. And then I was like, I have to." figure out what I want to do. And it was after that first year, I mean, I still worked on my my doctorate, after that first season of Wonder Pets, and I loved it. The creativity that I could put into these shows, that a line or a word that I changed was actually going to be said by the actors, was so exciting to me. And then when I saw my name in the credits, I was like, I feel like I've published a book. This is amazing. I felt like such a sensual accomplishment. I want you to um, give us a rundown of the shows you've worked on. I'll try to think of them all. Okay, so Wonder Pets, Bubble Guppies, Backyard Again. I love that show. Then I went to Sesame from there, and I worked on the Sesame International freelance in between those jobs, and I worked on the Octonauts. And then after that, I started my own company. I worked on Peter Rabbit, Naughty, Toyland Detective, Zack and Quack, which was on Nickelodeon, Sunny Day, Bob the Builder, Welly Wishers, Flod, which is in the UK, Bing, which is in the UK, The Flugels.
1: I got to tell you that I love Backyardigans. I remember being in college when that show came out, and I would watch watch it in my dorm room, which is a whole other conversation. How fascinating that this show has taken on a whole new life on TikTok with all the songs. I now. Know. It's like incredible. Seeing as you are the expert, how bad do you really think TV is for our kids? And how do you find ways to make it better?
0: You know, I would say that TV is not good or bad. You know, there's so much that I, as an adult, can look at TV and go, I've learned so much by watching that. I'm seeing a world that I wouldn't see by looking out my window. I'm seeing cultures. I'm seeing different kinds of people. I'm seeing strength that I can be inspired by. I'm seeing beauty that I would never see before.
1: I've learned anxiety management from kids' shows like Daniel Tire.
0: (laughs) I learned to knit on YouTube. Like, there's so many good things that come on television. Thing is that there's a lot of talk about the negative aspects of television. And negative always rises to the top and sounds a lot louder than the positive. The reality is there's so much positive that comes out of it because there's so much positive that goes into it. There's so much time and effort we're giving into every single word that people don't realize is behind those scenes. Not only that, but I go put every single thought into every word. Then we put it in front of kids, find out what they see, like, and understand, see if the curriculum is working. And if it's not, we go back, chop it up, refix it, take it back to them, show it to them again. And now we feel like it's something that's worthwhile for kids.
1: Well, I mean, two points to that. The first being, you know, one of our core beliefs at Momtrage is that TV isn't necessarily bad for kids and that screen time isn't bad. It isn't, you know, rotting your child's brain. Same thing with like games. It's not necessarily the worst thing. If you're smart about what you're choosing, there's a lot of, like you said, lessons to be learned. The other is I was invited to speak to employees at Nickelodeon and specifically Nick Jr. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I took away the most from it was what you just mentioned which is that they bring in children, preschool age children into that huge Times Square office that my husband works in and they ask them to watch the shows, look it over, give a reaction and I just thought how fascinating it is that you're taking the time, like it made me just feel so much better to know Mm -hmm. that this huge conglomerate, this huge company takes the time to actually like see how it resonates with our kids. I mean, the reality
0: is that if they don't take that time and they cater to the adult mind and not the child mind, it won't work. Right. Kids won't watch the show, they won't buy the product, Right. they won't make the money, and that company won't exist. It exists because of children. Of so course. they might as well look it to children as their number one priority, or it's it's worthless.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So we often ask our guests if there was one thing that you could outsource, like that you recommend that mothers outsource if
0: they have the means to do so, what do you think? Absolutely, you need someone to clean your house. Absolutely. I don't know if you can hear the vacuum in the next room. It's not me. It is not my husband. I have outsourced that. You have to outsource that because I discovered long ago that I didn't want to spend the money on having someone clean because I should just be a clean person and I should just clean up after myself. But what I realized is that even if you clean after yourself, you have to clean the toilets. Like you have to do that. You have to mop the floors. My husband and I would split the duties. Of course, I was never satisfied with the poor job he did. He always thought I was being too nitpicky. So we always fought about it every single time. And we would like set aside this Saturday, we're going to clean the house and it would take forever because the house would be disgusting and we would argue about it. And I think it's better for your marriage if you outsource that because really that hundred bucks, it's either going to go to the marital therapist or to the cleaner.
2: We've heard this from so many people. I just
0: need to add, I was just
1: with my in-laws. Quick backstory. My parents just moved from a house seven blocks away from where I currently am to three hours away from where I am. So in this interim, they were living with us for, you know, a couple of months. And one of the ways that they wanted to contribute because they're very big into the cleaning people situation is they would pay for our cleaning people to come, which I just never paid for. I would always just handle it. My husband would do bathrooms and I'd handle everything else. And uh, now there is no going back. And I was telling my in-laws this and they were like flabbergasted <laughs> that we would spend a hundred dollars on cleaning people. And I'm like, first of all, that's a good price. That's, such in, that's a good inexpensive. Price. And I was like, how are you people shocked by it? You had three children. One had severe medical issues. You <sighs> both worked. How did you... N- handle cleaning like I get that you guys were superheroes but I am just not that person <laughs> I don't know what to tell you so I agree with you is my point yeah absolutely
0: it makes your life happier
1: <laughs> yes Dr. Crandall, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Can you plug yourself, tell people where they can find you? Um, I would say go
0: to my website, CrandallConsulting.org, not .com. That will go to somewhere else and I will never see it. That really kind of shows you the clients I've worked with, the shows I've worked on, any publications I've had are in there, the podcasts I've been working on are on there too. That's the best place. I mean, I have a Twitter handle, but I'm not really good at that.
1: I'm not good at Twittering either, or as I
0: like to call it, twatting. (laughs) So it's really CrandallConsulting.org.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like if anything, it's going to give parents. I'm a production nerd, so I like to know how everything is made TV wise. But I feel like most people are just going to find a lot of peace of mind knowing that there's somebody so incredibly qualified like you who is working on the things that they are saying. I can't right now. Go watch that to their children. (laughs) Yeah,
0: let them go watch that.
1: Yeah, so thank you for doing God's work. Alright, what's the deal with Peppa Pig? Ooh, that's why you get paid the big voiceover bucks. That's right. By the way, how much are vasectomies?
2: <laughs> Was that in a Peppa Pig episode? Does insurance <laughs>
1: cover that? <laughs> ask the dads. I should ask the dads. Matt, by the way, says that if he does get a vasectomy, he wants to make it a montage event. I hope he does. Well, obviously, we, w- we would have to do a lot more. He just gets snipped. But yeah. um, I feel like that's a lot closer to happening in our future. So like we should get a- like maybe we do a drive like we have a doctor. Why don't you ask the psychic if that should happen? I'm so pissed at the psychic. By the way, this is a continuation of my shits. Last (coughs) night, I said, you know, women really can only, like, we can pretty much only get pregnant like 24 days a year. And he was like, that's not true, is it? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. And he goes, well, why don't we just have sex not on those 24 days? And I was like, A, I don't monitor it closely enough. Also, that's called the pullout method. Right. Which is what we use. Right. B, beggars can't be choosers. You know, we're like tired. When it happens, it happens. (laughs) The slug finds its way into the cave that's just like... Ew, slug in a cave, (laughs) gross. I can
2: guarantee you that if you can only get pregnant 21 days out of the year, I'm definitely not pregnant because I don't even know if I've had sex this year. I can't remember. 24. I mean, I think I maybe had sex once
1: this year so far. I have you beat by like barely. (laughs) Anyway, Peppa Pig. (laughs) Oh, Peppa Pig. Pig. I mean, listen, my number one thing with Peppa Pig is whose joke was it to draw these pigs like a dick and balls? Why <laughs> was that? a? Where was Natasha Crandall? Dr. Natasha Crandall, where were you when they started drawing dick and ball cartoon characters? I mean, it really is dick and balls. 100% it's dick and balls. I don't. Do you know how many people, just from a production background, I know that you know this. How many people had to get that past them? How many people this slid past? How many people like a slug in a cave? Like a slug just leaving a snail trail, sneaking into a cave.
2: (laughs) Maybe British people draw dicks differently. And so it didn't occur to them. Maybe it's like when you make animal noises in different languages.
0: (laughs) Cow cow or whatever.
2: So maybe that's what it is. Maybe they draw dicks differently. Guys, reach out. We just gave you the number. Once again, the number is 201 677 2428. Are you from another country? How? They draw dicks. And also, what noise do the ducks make there? <laughs> cow cow? Qua Qua qua? Okay, so my what's the deal about that is
1: why does that freaking rabbit, Mrs. Rabbit, have all the jobs? I gotta be honest, I haven't really watched the show. I, like, hate it. This show has all the makings of everything I hate. It is British. She's rude. It's a cartoon dick and ball, so, you know, logically I can't compute. So I don't know this lady who has all these jobs. Well, Mrs. Rabbit has all the jobs. She's, like, the bus driver. She drives the airplane.
2: She, like, works the bus. system. First of all, get this lady an assistant because you don't want someone driving your bus and driving your plane that works all the time and is exhausted. This is not good. Yeah. And if she's a rabbit, she probably has a million children. Why doesn't just one of the children take up the other jobs? That's why she
1: needs so many jobs. She's got to feed all these kids. I guess so, but she's exhausted all the time. I mean, I would be too. I mean, Luna, ouch.
2: Luna is kicking me off my own
1: chair. Luna, don't do that. Did that help? Luna, don't do that. She can't even hear it. So that really helped. Okay, so one of my biggest things, and the reason I really, really don't like Peppa Pig is because I feel like I deal with a rude child on a daily basis, and she's just so incredibly rude. Like, she's snarky. She's just, like, nasty. But she also sounds like she has a cold all the time. And I literally have
2: thought about this. I'm like, does the voiceover actor have a cold? And I was like, is it something that she's purposely doing because she's a pig? And yeah, like, is it a the way their nose are, does it sound like they always have a cold?
1: You know, though, the being rude really comes in handy because apparently Peppa Pig rolled kanye she tweeted <laughs> peppa didn't need so it, the backstory is you know kanye's new album donda got reviewed on pitchfork and it got a 6.0 rating and peppa's new cd album i guess album because cd is kind of like an antiquated uh out of date technology got a 6.5 so peppa the official peppa pig twitter tweeted Peppa didn't need to host a listening party in Mercedes-Benz Stadium to get that .5 with a drop the mic, which is just like, I mean, now I think she gets a pass in my book. She's just confident. That's all. She's just confident. She is feels so good about herself. There's, she's like, nobody else. Nobody else. Noggin is going to hit us up and expect us to, like start paying royalties on that fucking oh, song. Oh, no. I'm at or I heard about, I already knew them, someone
2: else who refuses to watch British shows. When I was hanging out with my cousin this weekend, she said that our cousin-in-law or her sister-in-law also refuses to watch British shows. Oh, really? Any kind of British show. Yes. I was like, you guys need to be friends. Like, no. She's like, no shows. Kids shows, adult shows. Cannot watch anything British.
1: My parents just started watching; they just like binged Downton Abbey, and my mom was like, "Oh, you need to watch it." And I was like, "What about me?" Seems like I want to watch the most boring British show ever. Maybe put on it's this because later. you pretended to watch it to interview Downton Abbey. In my defense, I did watch like a snippet of it for that anyway you know how I feel about British shows it's not it's not my thing so going back to the rabbit
2: having all the jobs there was this one episode it was actually kind of an entertaining episode where Peppa wins a contest to fly to be on a television show in Los Angeles specifically in Los Angeles yes So they fly. The whole family flies in a plane to go to New York first. Is the rabbit the pilot? The rabbit's the pilot. Of course she is. Then they get out and they get a taxi cab. And the taxi cab driver is the rabbit, but speaking with a New York accent.
1: Okay, so maybe the problem here is not that the one rabbit has all the jobs, but instead, all rabbits are the same. That's so racist, Ashley. I was going to say, it's like really racist. I mean, listen, the Brits are not known for not being racist. I know. And then they get on a circle bus tour with the same rabbit that rode the the
2: taxi. She actually parks her taxi cab. She stops the taxi cab in the middle of Times Square. Gets
1: everyone in a circle. They were in
2: L.A., no, they go to New York first. Oh, because okay. they, they can't fly the whole way. Ashley, right. come on, that's
1: that's far too long for this cartoon. So they get
2: out, they park the cab in the middle of Times Square, and they leave the cab parked in the middle of Times Square, and everybody gets into the Circle Line bus, and the rabbit drives that, is like giving the tour, and everyone's like. She's the same driver and everyone's like honking at the cab because it's parked in the middle of Times Square. (laughs) Then they rent a camper van and the family drives across country. Ew, why? To California. And then they get out of California and the rabbit is again like the person signing them into the contest to go be on the talk show or whatever.
1: But maybe it's a different rabbit. No, it's like... (laughs) It's the same rabbit? (laughs) Yeah. This don't make no sense. I'm just saying, rabbits, I'm exhausted. None of you can be doing your job that great. The rabbit is basically like President Barbie. It's like, like, she can do it, you know? Like, 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 celebrating the female victories. Oh, it's never a male rabbit either. It's always a female rabbit. She better be the richest rabbit in the world. She doesn't seem to be. Oh.
2: Also, so when he goes to school... Or when she yeah. goes to school, the teacher
1: is like an antelope? What is that animal? I can't really tell. It has horns, but they're like, I think it's I is always it an assumed it was an antelope. Not like I'm really up on my horned animals, but... And uh, why does she have a French accent? Because I don't believe there are antelope in France.
2: Maybe That's she's an a African Gizelle. Do gazelle have horns? I don't know. I am unclear about what animal <laughs> that is, and it looks like satanic frankly that animal i would not have chosen that animal to be the teacher and why is she french i need more info like i would pick a french animal uh, what is well, a french is animal a fr- i mean I, 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 guess I guess i don't know but are there, there, are there no dogs? dogs in the no. pig world are there cats no
1: oh they're not even like quote unquote farm animals because, because that's what i was gonna say pigs are farm animals
2: Right, but an antelope or a gazelle isn't a farm animal. Right. Once again, I'm talking about continuity here, just like with Daniel Tiger. (laughs) I need a storyboard with the world. If some things are right, it really bothers me. It really bothers me.
1: Why are they French? Dr. Crandall, can you explain this to us? What is the (laughs) psychology behind a pig main character, but the other animals, some of which are exotic and others are rabbits?
2: (laughs) Could you help us? Because then there's like an antelope or gazelle or whatever kid. So there's a teacher and a kid. And I'm trying to think of the other animals that are in her school. I can't remember. I can only think of rabbit, pig, and either antelope or gazelle. Doesn't she have like a
1: best friend? What's her best friend? Her best friend's a rabbit, right? Yes.
2: Huh. And they play with dinosaurs. Anyway. That's cool. Um, Luna now calls sunscreen sun cream because that's what Peppa calls it. Because British people call sunscreen sun cream.
1: The Brits and their weird
2: sayings. I didn't tell Luna to call it sun cream. She just started calling it sun cream because oh, of Peppa. Peppa. Pig did. I know, but now she's like, mom, I need some sun cream. I'm like, "Did Does she say it like that? She goes, mom, I need some sun cream. That's how she oh says my God. it. God,
1: that's so funny.
2: Our good friend, Nicole Ryan's kids speak with British accents sometimes because of Peppa. She hates Peppa so hard. Her kids just say certain things British now.
1: Listen, our good friend, Nicole Ryan also says that she hates British. TV, Right. She doesn't want to watch British things. It has gotten so bad with me. I don't want to read a British book. What do you mean a British book? Like I. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't want to read a book that if takes place in You don't read an accent. I know. Like, have you ever been to England? It's amazing. I actually have not. And I do really want to go. And I feel like I would love London. You would love it. Yes. I totally agree. I really want to go. But like. And they speak English, Ashley. <laughs> I understand that they speak English. And I'm excited that there's like a lot of curry fast food. Like all these things about London are very exciting to me, except everything, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I read this book that was supposedly going to be made like Reese Witherspoon was going to make it into a movie. And it was a thriller. I forget what it was called, but it was about like, I read it so long ago. These women have like a bachelorette party at this cabin in the woods and someone ends up dying. And the whole time I was like, they're talking about drinking tea instead of coffee in the morning. (laughs) And like... Like, I don't understand what any of these places are because it wasn't London it was like Cheshire yeah like,
2: I know I love that shit you know I the know. reason why it came up with my cousin is because we were talking about things that calm us down during anxiety attacks and you love your British baking shows I was like slow British reality television Yeah, super slow I was trying to name the guy that redoes people's small English yes gardens. that guy and my cousin was like you're ridiculous also our cousin Courtney can't watch anything British I was like just like Ashley. (laughs) Speaking of continuity, though, if they're pigs, why is their house clean?
1: Shouldn't it be a pigsty? Well, they do like jumping in mud. Pigs are actually very clean animals from my understanding. The mud thing is how they bathe themselves, kind of like how birds take dust baths as a way to clean themselves. In Peppa Pig, they often go out
2: and run in puddles.
1: Yes, that I do remember. But I think pigs are actually like very clean animals. Mm. That's word on the street. What's street Uh, Pig Street. I don't know, British Pig Street. But despite my feelings about the Brits, I do love Hugh Grant and Colin Firth. I love Hugh Laurie. You and every middle-aged father out there (laughs) who doesn't love Hugh Laurie that isn't over the age of 50 with a penis. I usually like every middle-aged father,
2: too. So there you go. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just as we discussed in our deep dive into Daniel Tiger and how just— sexually attractive Grand Père is in his Benetton stripes and his Greek fisherman's cap and blazer. Which now
1: every time I wear Benetton stripes, Carrie's like, you look like Grand Père. I'm into it. And I wear them all the time. This episode just should be called Daddy Issues
2: with Carrie Satero. (laughs) I love Peppa's grandfather. He's like my favorite character.
1: In a hot way? Or like just like in general you think he's like... I think
2: he's charming. I mean, he might be able to with a drink charm me into something. But let me ask you a
1: question. He loves his cars. What? Go ahead. Ask me the question. What cartoon character of all time are you the most attracted to? I mean, Jessica Rabbit. Okay. Or George Jetson. George Jetson? George Jetson? Are you fucking kidding me? Is it because of his house of the future or because of him? I mean, he's a slender guy. I like his haircut. With a belly. I like his future house. I like his future shower. I love Rosie the Robot and Astro. <laughs> What's your answer? Um, well, I mean, Prince Eric from the Little Mermaid is like just oh really? Fucking He's a dick. Banana's hot. How is he a dick? He doesn't really know who who he likes. It's ye olden times, okay? He's just trying to find a fucking queen. Okay, Prince Eric is handsome. The other is Trent from Daria. Oh, I'm not into that. Which is surprising because in real life, if Trent was a real life- I know. He definitely has jeans that smell like dirty balls. He's tatted up. Right. He's definitely <laughs> your type and not my type. But as right. a like pubescent young girl watching Daria, I was like, fuck, Trent is hot. <laughs> he is. You know, me, I just like Grandpa Pig and-
2: And uh, Grandpa and George Jetson. (laughs) (laughs) I like that George got up and got to work, and that I like a working man. I don't know. Once again,
1: daddy issues with Carrie. (laughs) Although (laughs) your dad always had a job. No, he didn't. (laughs) oh my god that's so funny no he didn't you Anyway, know, can i say one more thing In t- talking about bestiality cartoon issues. crushes yes you know who i never understood the attraction to gargamel the who's that the bad guy on the smurfs yeah no is anyone attracted to gargamel that's like being into harvey weinstein this episode should be called gargamel is harvey weinstein. <laughs> the human beast I never under I am not into guys with long hair, and that's probably Oh, why. you mean like beauty and the beast? Yeah, when like he's when he turns human? into a human. No, he's like Fabio. Oh, he's so gross. I was like Right? is no is his name Gaston? Yeah, if I could understand Gaston more than I can understand the human beast, and even that is like bleh. that whole beauty and the beast, it's creepy. And that was my favorite as a little kid. Of course. But I think it's because of Belle. She was smart, she was pretty, she was the one I closest resembled. She wore a spectacular gown at the end even that pink outfit when they're having a snowball fight is just like beautiful she lives in the french countryside where you want to talk about pompous but i would move there
2: (laughs) maybe we should ask our guests like who's sexually who's your favorite cartoon character
1: yes and maybe our next what's the deal should be disney movies yes anything more about peppa fuck peppa peppa
2: pick. Also, shortest musical intro ever. She doesn't really have a song. I do love that. Should we go to hashtag swagbag? Yes. Hashtag swagbag. Okay, so a few episodes ago when we interviewed Kristen Bell, which let's just talk about that. That was a highlight of our lives. I mean... She was so lovely. She was, truly. Like we get why she's famous. Like we get it. I was talking about in my tits and my shits. I said my shits were mosquitoes that I was currently had like 43 mosquito bites on my body. Yes. Well, those mosquito bites have still not gone away. And it's been like two and a half weeks. I'm still itching them. They're still gross. And later that night with dinner with that friend, when we went back to her house, she was like, here, let me put this out for the bugs. I know you already have been bitten up, but here so we don't get bitten up anymore. And she pulled out this little thing called a theracell, which was like, it just looked like a little thing that wouldn't work. I'm going to be honest with you. It looked like every other thing you buy, hoping. Not like a candle. No, but it's the size of a pillar candle. Okay. And it's mechanical. She popped a little thing in it that's like kerosene or something, but not. It's the theracell, whatever that is. And then she slipped like a little piece of paper that I guess had chemical or something on it underneath this filter. And then she turned it on. You didn't smell anything. You didn't feel huh. anything. But for a 12 foot radius around that thing, no bugs bit me. Interesting. You have to replace every so many hours, but usually it's like multiple uses unless you've had a really long party or something. You have to replace both the Theracell and the little sheet on top. Oh, the whole unit. No, no. The plastic container stays the same. The battery, which is the Theracell, Right. And the like hormone sheet or whatever the hell the technology is that you slide on top. You have to replace those, but you don't have to replace the unit. I'm so glad you're telling me about this in the fall. Listen, I get bit all the way through to the winter. I don't understand the science. I should probably research the science, but it's safe. It doesn't spray your kid. I really hope they make them wearable at some point. Like a bracelet or something. Yeah. But anyway, Theracell. I'll link it in the show notes. Kind of a game changer. Interesting.
1: It's best for like if you're sitting? Mine is, listen, nobody is a stranger to like the nap, school nap time, throw throwover situation, you know? So Sebastian, finally is having nap time in school and they asked us to bring a fitted sheet and a blanket and I was like, ugh, this is going to be a pain in the ass to carry back and forth every week. His sweetheart, Maya, her mom had this rolled up thing and she was like... We have one. Yes, but this one is machine washable and dryable. The blanket is sewn on to the corner so they slip in. It has elastic bands around the corner so it slips onto the cot and then there's a pillow insert which I've never seen them with the pillow insert. That's the thing that I think really makes a difference and the pillow comes in and out so you can wash it and you can wash the pillow as well, but you don't need to because it's basically a pillowcase. And this thing, I have to tell you it's $45 and I just think it is the most awesome little device. It rolls up pretty small, about as big as a yoga mat. I think it's fantastic. I have looked into a lot of them. I just like this one for the removable pillow which a lot of them don't have and ha- the ease of washing and drying. It's $45 on Amazon, and it's linked below, so check it out. They have really cute patterns, too. Well, there you have it, guys. Tell us what sexy cartoon you're into. Oh, yeah. Actually, I do want to know what you weirdo pervs are into out there, because you know that Carrie's into animals, and I'm into (laughs) guys that... And George Judson. That is like saying like Fred Flintstone really does it for me. No, Fred Flintstone is a Neanderthal, literally. Yes, he is a nitwit. He is the Prehistoric Peter Griffin. Let me just tell you that
2: George Jetson has whatchamacallit vibes. John Ham in What?
1: Mad Men. He works no. for an advertising agency. He does not have John Hamm, Don Draper vibes, though. He works for an advertising agency. So plenty of people work for advertising agencies and they don't give off John Hamm vibes. John Hamm and his huge ham. I like George Jetson better well good that's great I wonder if George is packing as much heat as Don <laughs> Draper anyway on that note why do our shows always go back to dicks because it's our like favorite thing to talk I know, about they're just it's just such a fun thing that anyway I know you know what it's the dicks that made us mothers the dicks that made us mothers yeah I feel like Dr. Crandall will definitely promote that one <laughs> anyway it's been a pleasure guys bye, bye!